Hello and welcome back my wonderful, beautiful, most amazing friends. Thank you so much for being here for another episode of the Edge of Fear podcast. I have had a tumultuous couple of weeks, if I'm being honest, and I always am with you. I am doing really well in school, but I'm totally overdoing it. I have been feeling super uninspired to come on here and like really talk to you guys and like really face myself. And that is truly the gift of the podcast is that it really forces me to stay on myself and not like stay on like I always have to be on because I think in fact the opposite of the opposite is true that it like makes me acknowledge and surrender to my flaws and to my humanity and I had kind of like come to that realization a little bit in the last week or so where I was just recognizing that I don't know everything and that that's okay that I don't need to know everything and you know that truly has been such a beautiful gift of the podcast is realizing my imperfection and and kind of owning it instead of fearing it. And while this episode with my friend Daniela doesn't really talk too much about perfection or imperfection, that's where it landed for me as I was re-listening to it. So this episode was recorded a couple of months ago now. And as I've said a million times over, it always feels like the conversations that I have with my guests are perfect when I have them and they're perfect when I listen to them. And I think that that is like one of the really awesome things about listening to podcasts in general and listening to books and having intelligent conversations where, you know, when you really open up to yourself that you can kind of hear anything, you know, through your own lens, listen to, I think it's episode 15 through different lenses. Um, but we listen through the experience that we're having. And that's why these, you know, old conversations, as I play them back, they're always applicable to my life presently. So anyway, in this conversation with my friend Daniela that I met through the Almost 30 Secret Facebook group, we talk about following your intuition and figuring out how to trust your intuition because I think that that's a major, major thing. I talk about how people say like, well, you know, after being in the army, you have to learn how to trust your intuition or, you know, traveling by yourself after backpacking for a couple of months by yourself. Like, wouldn't you have to trust your intuition? Maybe for either of those. Yes, maybe, but you didn't have to. It's not like a requirement. And, you know, when you go out by yourself, staying in a hostel, nobody knows where you live or if you're alive, it's, you know, you have to figure out how to trust your intuition. You have to figure out what is safe and what isn't safe and, you know, what feels good and what I should trust. And Daniela and I talk about in this conversation how you have to kind of work that muscle and like exercise trusting your intuition. So we talk a lot about kind of figuring out how to trust your intuition. Um, And like I said, like 
I kind of now as I'm listening back to it, it it reminds me to just like trust the cycles that I go through in life. You know, this is this has been a season of darkness for me. And I've been talking about it recently on my Instagram stories, um, Atlas Without a Pillow, that even though life is really wonderful right now, school is going really wonderfully, I'm really happy in my relationship, things are, you know, happy in my familial relations with my friends, etc. Everything is like pretty good. But that in spite of all of that and in spite of the gratitude that I feel and express outwardly daily that I'm still kind of in this season and I very much pride myself in this last year in that when I do hit my darknesses, when I do hit a winter season, when I do hit, you know, these moments of feeling depressed or upset or alone, you know, even in a crowded room, even with a group of friends, I think we all kind of have moments like that. And so in this last year, I've kind of learned how to go through those seasons and they go, I go through them much more quickly. So they pass in, you know, just a matter of moments or days instead of weeks or months. And I think in this case, it did still take a couple of weeks, but just recognizing that it is a season and that it is so important to like trust myself that I just need this time, this, these weeks of being, you know, desolate and dark and, um, I said desolate of inspiration. Like I haven't been feeling inspired. And so just not pushing myself, when I needed to just give myself like the time and the space to like, I don't know, encourage creative flow um, is what it took. And so this is why I started a podcast, right? So I could talk as long as I wanted. Um, Okay, so Danielle and I also talk about trying to normalize conversations about mysticism and spirituality because it's kind of an uncomfortable conversation. This is a weird thing that people aren't really used to being talked about and in this language. So towards the end, um, we definitely get into some, I guess, woo-woo stuff to certain standards, Um, but it's very interesting. And I'm so excited to be part of this conversation um, and helping to normalize it. We also talk about um, men and their interest in these things and how important it is to normalize it in all communities Um, because women do kind of naturally have more of a community to talk about things that are outside of their comfort zone, um, like spirituality and emotions and femininity, masculinity, spirituality, did I say that already? Energy, things like that. Um, So definitely, definitely stick with us to the end. It's a really, really interesting conversation and I'm really excited about it and its re-emergence into my life uh, when I really needed it. I love you guys and I will see you on the other side. Hi friends, welcome to the Edge of Fear podcast hosted by Liz Basil-Lewison at Liz Without a Pillow. Each week, I'll be bringing you some different insights, lessons, and laughs with an end goal of a more empowered and authentically happier human race. Everybody's got a story, and everybody's story is important. Let's do this. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Edge of Fear podcast. I am here with another friend that I met through the community of the Almost 30 podcast. I'm really, really, really excited to have her here today. I think you're in Sweden, right? Yes, I've been living in Sweden now for three years. Oh, so cool. And where are you from originally? I was born in Colombia, 
and I lived in Colombia until I was 15 years old. Then I moved to the States and I was in the States until now that I moved here um, three years ago. Ah, all right. Okay. I forgot that already. Um, <laughs> and will you tell us <laughs> your name and what you do? Yeah, of course. Um, my name is Daniela and I work with energy. I work with um, divine beings, with light beings, and I work with yoga as well. So what I call myself is uh, spiritual guidance for modern life. So I... I'm pretty much, I feel like I'm a mirror and a translator of the realms that we cannot see. The things that we perhaps feel in our guts, but we are not really able to translate it scientifically or have any proof of it. So what I do is I, I read people, um, bodies, emotional bodies, energetic bodies, spiritual bodies, um, and emotional bodies to help them understand more on a wholeness perspective where they are in their journey and what perhaps is blocking them from from acting from um uh how do you say like a highest vibration or the fullest expression of their soul and that's pretty much what I do so I either do it through workshops I do it through trainings I do it through one-on-ones and I do it through yoga as well oh so cool so I'm, I've become so interested, you and I spoke about this, but I've become so interested in the last like year or so on like energy and on like our spirituality and like where we are in our journey and stuff. So that's really interesting the way that you say like that you're like a reflector for people for to kind of pinpoint where they are in their journey. Because I think that that's so like, it, it's such an important thing to realize and to realize, I mean, that there's so much more of the journey and like to realize that you're on the journey is really illuminating, I guess, because if you're just going through the motions of life and you're not really like actively on this journey to like learn more and explore more and like learn about yourself more, I think that you kind of just get like lost in the shuffle, like the hustle and bustle of life and the mundane just becomes very normal. And so for people to be coming to you, generally, that means that they are interested in learning more about themselves and, you know, about their journey and about their life. To be honest, most of the time, it's curiosity what brings people in. Okay. So it's not really, I mean, perhaps, yes, of course, there is. It's a, a, a wanting of, to know more. Um, curiosity for something else that they don't even know what it is, but they are looking for. And it's usually because their soul, their highest self, is kind of guiding them to take that awareness to evolve their awareness of who they are where they are um, and to allow them to grow spiritually or how would you say connect their humanity with their spirituality so I think what really brings people in is curiosity and I'm so happy when people are just I have this is the line when people come to see me they're like I have no idea what this is never heard about it (laughs) and I have no idea what to expect I'm just here and it seems like I would need to be here, but that's all. And I love that. I love it. I love that. Yeah. I And I feel like that's like every answer that I've gotten on my personal journey has been like, I don't know why, but I feel called to do this thing. Like I, it feels really scary and it feels really maybe awful, <laughs> but I feel like very called to be here or to be having this conversation with you. Like everything is like, I'm in the right place at the right time. And it's like a really empowering kind of thing to, to be able to like tap into that curiosity and that, and that interest. Absolutely. And I'm really honored to hold that space for people 
because most of the time, again, they don't even know what they're coming for. So what they get at the moment is just exactly what they need to receive in terms of clarity. Because I usually what I tell them is like, after the session, you're not going to be fixed. You're just going to have a broader perspective and a different perspective of what your life looks like right now and why certain things are happening and what certain things are not happening at the moment. So it's just about gaining clarity from a different perspective, from a broader perspective, from like, oh, let me think on that. and maybe let me change the perspective and the, the way I do and see things that are coming through right now. I love that. I'm, I mean, that is like a, a huge purpose for me in like sharing my journey and in sharing like in my perspective is because I have really learned that I mean, one of my episodes is called Nobody Fucking Wants Your Advice because <laughs> I realized that it doesn't really matter like how much I yell at you and shake you and say like, no, you have to learn this. Like, this is really important and you should experience it and try it because people don't learn that way. And so to just be able to have the information and to be able to provide the information and to be kind of, like you said, like a translator between, you know, realms or between perspectives or between experiences and just be able to share your experience really opens things up for people in their own way and it doesn't it's it's not me trying to say like this is the way that you should do it it's just me like sharing my experience or that's what I'm trying to portray I think a lot of times I do actually say you should do this <laughs> but don't we all um I I have a little bit on that because and this is just who I am I like to have solutions for people I like to see people evolve I see the potential. I think it's like when I was little, I just see the potential and I see I have an ability to read people's um, energies and read people's patterns really easily. So before I was aware of, of that, like now I know. So now I don't read people without their permission. Yeah. But before it just kind of happens. I just kind of knew, oh, but you should do this and you should do that. Like, why are you uh, rumbling upon these things if there's such an easy fix if you were just just do this? Right. So for me, and I'm so grateful for my mom because she is the biggest how do you say the biggest teacher when it came to understanding that you have to meet people where they are and not where you want them to be. Right. And the more we tell people what they should do and how they can be fixed and all these things, the more they're just going to, you know, it's going to go through one year and it's going to come out the next. Why? Because that's not the way we learn. That's why the human experience sometimes is so painful and sometimes it's just full of joy and emotion and full of mistakes and things like that. There's a reason why all these things are like this because that's how we learn and fear and pain and, you know, emotions like grief, those are the biggest teachers. And we need to allow every single person to go through their journey so that they can learn from themselves. And the only thing we can do or I can do for people is to hold them in a space of support and clarity. So sometimes it's just kind of mirroring their problems in a very, in a different perspective, in a more neutral perspective. So they're like, I know this and I already know this. And everybody that comes to me, I don't say anything that they don't already know. I just say it in a different perspective for them to be able to understand. It's so interesting. And that's like so powerful and such an important thing, I think, for people to see because so much of that time that we spend trying to give our perspective to people and trying to give advice to people and trying to create solutions for their problems is just creating like tension between you and the other person that you're speaking with because 
it's, you're so right. I mean, we, we have the answers and I've talked about it a little bit on my blog, but less on the podcast than I really like want to, but like, I, I really believe that like deep down, like we have these in this intuitive knowledge and we just aren't tapped into it at all. And I think it's like a hard thing to express to people because, you know, like for me, I've just had this like really illuminating year and I've traveled and I was deployed and I was, you know, by myself and living on my own for the first time. Um, and like, traveling different countries and stuff. And so sometimes like when I share my experience with people, they're like, yeah, but like you can trust your gut now because you've done all those things on your own. And I'm like, but it was there all along. I just, I needed to trust it for a little bit to, to be able to get comfortable with what trusting it looked like. And it's really hard for people. I think because we get so used to like, this is how it should be versus this doesn't feel right. Or this feels really good. And, and I mean, it's, it's scary to trust your feelings. Feelings are aloof. <laughs> yes. And it's not, it's not really, I wouldn't say really to trust every feeling you have. It's more right. about, it's a higher knowing. Like a lot, a lot of the times, the first thing we do when we don't know about something is to ask questions outside of ourselves. So the person that we have next to us is the person that's going to make that decision for us. So we don't even sometimes allow for our highest self to take place and be like, well, why do I really think about this without not too much emotion? It's not about, because sometimes it could be like an emotional decision with, and that doesn't really mean it's an intuitive decision. So there's a difference. There's too much when you're too much in the mud and too much feeling like there's always that higher voice that goes even deeper than the feelings that knows. So when it comes to intuition, it's a birthright. Like we all have it and it's never not there even if we're not aware of it. So it's like a tool that we have that we've been born with. And it's like a muscle. It's, I think it's a better way to say it. It's a muscle. So the more we exercise that muscle, the stronger it becomes. But I do want to, I feel called to share something that I shared in my own podcast not too long ago. So the story goes, I was in, this was about two, three months ago, I was on a, I was on a class, I've I'm, I'm been studying Swedish now, so I was in class, and all of a sudden, sometimes when I get messages, I feel like I'm like uh, in the parallel realms, it feels like, so I was like, oh, what's going on, what is this, uh, yeah. <laughs> like uh, this station going and changing in the middle of my class, what I started seeing is that everybody, I started seeing everybody's auras, and in uh, their main guide behind them so their guide it could be we all have a main guide that we're born with from the beginning and when I talk about main guide I talk about a spirit a divine being so it could be a spirit guide it could be um, an ascended master it could be an angel I mean there's so many other um, how do you say beings out there that in this universe that you know coexist in the universe with us so as human beings everyone has at least one but they usually walk with so many so what I started seeing is that every person that when we're sitting in a circle in class, so every person had, you know, a main guide and some of them had to, um, and I, I started to ask, why am I seeing this? What is the lesson? What do you want me to know? And what they wanted me to say, and what they wanted me to hear and wanted me to share is that every single one of us is never alone. And so we have so many tools in ourselves that we, you know, we, like I said, we usually have a problem, a situation, and we go outside of ourselves right away, knowing, not knowing that there's so much wisdom in ourselves and in our own team. And when I say team, I mean 
your divine guides, your angels, everybody that is here with you supporting your human life. So in you, we ourselves are divine beings. So when we put our decisions on other people, that is disempowerment. So when, you know, there's a lot of talk now about empowering people, empowering people, empowering people, and empowering people means letting them know that they have the power within and they have so many resources and tools that they can use themselves. So after I, after that, I started to, you know, share in my podcast that you're never alone. So even if you feel like you're, you know, has all these emotions and life is a little bit crazy right now, know that you are never alone. So that what you're going through is pretty much a lesson and is just switching that perspective and asking for help from guides, from angels, from divine beings, and even from your own highest self and your intuition to help you see things from a different perspective. So I just wanted to say, you're not alone. <laughs> even if it feels like you are, and because you can't really see all these beings, but we are, we are so supportive. I love that. Oh, it's, it's so incredibly powerful. I mean, is there, is there anything like, because for me, I'll share with uh, my experience, but like, I guess I'm thinking like, is there anything that you can say as like a simple, easy thing that people can do to like tap in to their intuition? Because like, for me, I didn't, like I said, I didn't start to trust myself or my intuition until I was traveling abroad and I was by myself and I had, you know, there were, I made friends everywhere and there were people that were supporting me, but it wasn't until I like totally disconnected. Like I, I didn't have data on my phone for most of the time that I was traveling. And so I would like pull up a map, download it on my phone and then like step to it. Like, <laughs> but I wasn't on my phone. There was no Instagram. There was no Facebook. There was no texting. I was totally disconnected. And it was so crucial for me to like tap into like trusting myself. And like you said, like your intuition, not just your feelings. Um, yeah. And I think that we have a really hard time doing that. Absolutely. We're just not used to it. Right. It's like a muscle that we haven't exercised. Right. So I, I have a lot of things to say about that. And I would start by saying, play with it. Like our childlike, our sense of innocence, our sense of just having fun. Like when you have a new game and you're just kind of playing it out and you're kind of figuring out how it works. So when we put pressure as an adult, we usually tend to take things very seriously. And then we usually tend to be like, okay, show me that you're real. And we tend to put a lot of pressure in general for this intuition to be what we want it to be right away and what it should be right away. So to begin with, I would say, play with it, play with trusting, play with um, following what you think without asking other people, play with, you know, it being wrong sometimes or not. But I think the, for the intuition is like this, is the more you listen to it and the more you give it power, the more it's like, okay, I got you. Let me go. Let me go. So it's also an, uh, a muscle that has never been exercised before. So that it's a little bit like, you know, it's, it's a little bit at the beginning, you know, cause it's not, it's not tuned. It's not aligned, even though it always is, but we as humans, our human mind is the one that blocks that alignment. So we just have to give ourselves the time, the space, the playfulness to begin to even interact with it. Yeah. And I would say, I would say this, and I think I would like to share a little bit of my story when it comes to, to sharing how to start to listen to intuition and do these things. So, you know, I grew up as very intuitive and very psychic and seeing spirits and all these things. And I blocked my abilities for over 15 years because 
of what other people would say of, you know, an aunt of mine that used to have this gift with me. My family was not approved of her. So I saw that when I was a child and I decided, okay, if you don't approve of my aunts, then I don't want to be related to her. So I'm just going to block everything and I'm just going to go. But I still think that even those 15 years, I still think that even if not consciously, my intuition, everything play a role in the life, even if you're not consciously aware of it. So imagine if you are consciously aware of your intuition, how much power it would give you. And most of the time, like you said, we know we have the answer. So then when I came back to, when I came back to my abilities, when I come back to intuition and all these things, it didn't, I mean, it was like a, like, it was like a game. So I would say, okay, let me, let me do this. Let me try this. So it's like little exercises to start to play with it. And the more I would play with my intuition, the strongest the signals, the strongest, the strongest support I would feel from my intuition. So I would say less expectations, less pressure, less pressure and more playfulness with it. And it, it develops, like when I came back after 15 years, again, I had to work with it. I had to um, practice, you know, taking my intuition and, and listening to my intuition and following my gut. And I still am in practice of listening to my intuition because sometimes a lot of the messages that I receive are big, <laughs> are like, quit uh, this project and do this other project. And get out of social media like I did. I, I took a three month leave of social media um, this last three months. And that was just my intuition talking. That was just things that I was like, okay, I feel like I need to do this and I'm not gonna even question it. And again, sometimes we have this God, gut feelings and these ideas and we just don't know where they come from and we don't have reassurance of why they're coming. But the more we trust it, the more messages and reassurance we get along the way. Super powerful. Um, and I feel like my, I feel like I have definitely had moments in, in throughout my life where I was like, I don't know why I'm doing this, but it just, it feels right. And you're so right. Like that uncertainty that like no reassurance is like, it, that's the scariest thing. And I mean, that's, that's really where the name of this podcast comes from is the edge of fear. Like where we're constantly doing things that we're afraid of for whatever reason. We're just like, we're standing on, on this edge. The, the metaphor is that you're standing on the edge of a cliff with a jetpack on and that your jetpack is all of like your life experiences and your tools and the lessons that you've learned. And we either jump or we don't jump. And sometimes the jump is just leaving you know, the mundane, like having the hard conversation with the person that you've been miscommunicating with for a really long time. Other times it's like what you said, like quitting the project or quitting the job or, you know, ending the relationship. That's what it was for me. The edge of fear was like ending this toxic relationship and everything inside of me, like all of my, everything inside of me was like, you need to leave, like this isn't right for you anymore, but like society and expectations and the shoulds were like, no, stay, you've been in for five years. Like you guys have to get married and you really do. You have to totally release those expectations and what it should look like because it's really scary the first couple times you jump. And it's like exactly what you're saying. Like it's a muscle that you have to develop. It's, it doesn't just get like super easy, like super fast. It really takes a lot of trust. And I mean, the way that I 
picked up and left my job and left for Europe last year was I was reading uh, Gabrielle Bernstein's The Universe Has Your Back. And it was like, there were suddenly all of these signs that were so clear. And I was just like, so grateful that I happened to be reading this book, you know, that I felt so called to read. My friend actually loaned it to me. Like she was like, I feel like you would like this. And it was just like these like little, you know, nudges from the universe or from my guides or whatever. And it just, the timing was so perfect. And I, you know, felt empowered by that, by the nudges from the universe that I was like, I can take this leap. Like, this is the scariest thing I've ever done is like, leave my job. I'm going to have no security. I'm going to have no income. I'm going to quit my job, even though I really love this job. And I love, you know, my apartment and I'm really happy in my life right now. My roommates are great. My friends are here. My family is here. Like, this is so great. It's really scary. I'm not going to have any income, but I like bought that one-way ticket and I like, I say that my life began then, you know, the, the moments that you start to trust is really the moment that you like start to live. I feel like, and it sounds like that's like similar for you that like when you started to really tap into your powers and reconnect with like, you know, your, your inner child or your intuition and your powers. And like, that's when you really like came home to yourself. And it's like you said, I, my whole body was telling me I need to leave, but then society, friends, comfortability, conditioning, everything, the other, out, like what I call outsourced, outsourced, you know, uh, answers was what kept you. So for, for the time that it kept you before you took the actual trust, right. you actually did what you what your intuition, what your rally, your guides, everybody was like, yes, let's do this. It's just fear. It's just fear and things like that. But another thing that I, I like to say is, you know, we always say, or when we talk about intuition is like, when, when am I going to be an intuitive? When am I going to uh, talk to my spirituality? When all this? And the thing is like, the when, when, when it's now, <laughs> like you are an intuitive being, like I said, is a birthright. You are in a spiritual being that's just a fact. I mean, we are um, spiritual beings, we are energetic beings. Um, we have our soul. So it's not when will I do that? It's like, know that you already are, you just haven't tapped into playing, into using those resources that you have available for you. So I'm going to kind of shift gears a little bit. You just opened something up for me with that last piece. I'm curious to know if you get men come in with this curiosity, if like you have any like male clients, because I feel like we are in such a, um, a female empowerment movement right now. And we're really trying to like change the definition of feminism. And I'm, I love that so much because this, like this new definition is that feminine or feminism isn't women trying to make the same amount of money as men. It's this, it's a whole system that we've all played into that, you know, masculine, the masculine energy is what's supposed to rule the systems, the political systems and, you know, whatever, all of the systems. And we're now starting to realize that like everybody has femininity in them and everybody has masculinity in them. And to just like honor those spaces. Um, and I don't know why, but I just, I feel really like inspired to ask you this because I think that I have a lot of male listeners also. And I think we hear so much about like women's and intu women's intuition. And I just, I, yeah, I'm just interested to know, like if men are like curious about this too, and like, how can we get them more curious? 
thank you for that question. I think is it's an amazing question and it's an amazing thing to talk about and bring to the table because I do. I do have um, a lot of men come to me. And the reason why I think it's because I, I have a way to bring in a spirituality, to bring in the esoteric, what you would call, into a grounded, easy to understand language, approachable language. Because again, you know, sometimes when you say, when you think that you're going to go see a healer, when you think you're going to go see um, a medium, when you think you're going to go see these people that are perhaps not people that you see all the time or not people that, you know, are around your circle of friends, you think you're, you're going to meet a gypsy, you think you're going to meet like a weird people or like an old lady sitting in a chair with like the crystal ball. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for me, it's, it's really my job is to bring things in a very grounded and approachable level to let people know, listen, I am a spiritual being, I am a psychic, I am um, connected, but I'm still as human as you are, I still um, have the same challenges that you would have as a human being. So when it comes to men, I am lucky to have an approach that they feel comfortable with and I, I don't even have to, it's not even me. I think I, the, the divine beings that I work with, they, they really just welcome everything. And when I talk about, especially in my yoga classes or in my workshops, they talk to the aspects of the female and the male together. So when it comes to male coming to me, most of the time, they, like I said, they come to me with a curiosity. They say, I don't know why I'm here, but I just feel like I trust you and I need this. And it's an honor to hold that space for them because there's so many men with super strong intuition. And, you know, when we work with energies, we try to balance the energy out. And it's, for me being a male, when it comes to working with people, being a man or a woman, it doesn't really mean too much because it means more how much female energy they have on them and how much female energy they have on them and what needs to be balanced there. So I work with, and especially for example, my, my, uh, I have Shaktihood workshops, which is a workshop that combines energy, combines dance, combines yoga um, and sherry together. What is it called? It's Shaktihood workshop. Okay, yeah. So Shakti is the female energy. Shaktihood will be like a, a Shaktihood or a, or a female energy circle sharing. But because I, for those workshops, I work with a lot of female energy. But again, I have so many males coming to those workshops um, because, first of all, I think it's, for them, it's like curiosity. Okay, there is yoga, maybe perhaps, you know, there's a physical aspect of this, so I can still be in it. Uh, and then they feel after, you know, we share, when you open up, you realize it doesn't matter if I'm a male or I'm female, because we all connect beyond the gender, absolutely beyond the gender. So I, I, I love that men come to me and, and I'm honored and super open. And it's really special to, to see how much they are, how much our journeys are similar because we think, you know, we as women are, of course, more emotional and more open to spirituality and all these things. But what is the story when it comes to men? It's probably very similar if they have a lot of female energy within them and they don't even know it. So the story, the journey, the challenges are so similar. And, and I think for them, it's hard to open up to those things just because of 
our society idea of what you know each gender should be going through or should be accepted as and yeah so yes i do have um i do have men i actually having a, an energy training a reiki training at next month and i have half female half uh, women and half men in my training which is wonderful that is super exciting. That's really cool. Um, I was telling you briefly, I went to a light healing um, like a month or so ago with uh, one of my friends who is a Reiki healer um, and super spiritual. I love her deeply at Mindfully Melissa on Instagram. <laughs> um, but she brought me to this light healing and it was really, really awesome. But I couldn't help that, but notice that there was only one guy in the room of like, you know, 20 something um, females. And it was, it just like kind of sparked for me, like that I know, I know because I talk to people about it. I know that guys are interested in this. And I think it's just like exactly what you said, like there's this taboo and it's, if, if they're not comfortable asking about femininity because, it, you know, just like what society puts on us. And so it's just really exciting to, to hear that it is opening up. And I know that like, I live in like a, a suburban town on Long Island and like in cities, it's a lot more, it's becoming a lot more normalized. Um, so like in New York City, where, you know, I'm a, an hour or so train ride away, there's different, it's a different world. Like how normalized Reiki is becoming in big cities is like the coolest thing. I'm like so inspired by it. Um, and just like tapping into all of that is is just really cool. So I'm I'm excited that to hear that it's becoming a more normalized conversation um, and that so many guys are like training to, to, to be healers themselves. Like that's incredible. I think so. I, I, I admire so much everybody that opens up every man that opens up about this, because I believe that the need and the, how do you say the the one thing is equal for men and women is just that, you know, with this, feminine empowerment and all this going on is more acceptable for women to to seek and to be part of this it's so much easier for them to find a community to find things and and to open up about it than it than is for a man so i deeply admire and i'm so grateful for those who are taking the step of opening up and to even you know trust that curiosity to just go with it and experience something that is perhaps so much out of their comfort zone because I know it is um even for us for women when we come it is out of our comfort zone so imagine what it is for men with all this you know societal conditioning of what they are not supposed to feel they're not supposed to do and all these things so I'm deeply grateful for them and for their curiosity to come and and start the movement of bringing more equality when it comes to spirituality, like a lot of more people, um, a lot of more men coming to spirituality, getting connected to energy. But I think they're absolutely super intuitive, super, super intuitive. And that they also have as much as we do the need to connect and to tap into, into our abilities. Or Totally. Um, yeah. And like, I couldn't agree more. I find it like so incredibly attractive in a man when they are open to, like acknowledging their own femininity and their curiosity and their connectedness like and i don't know it's just you're so right like 
it, it has to be a movement. It, it really has to be like a practiced thing. And that like going out of your comfort zone to like ask these questions and to like be curious about it. I mean, I always equate it to like the first time you go to a new gym or a new yoga studio or a new class, like, of course it's scary. You don't know anybody in there. You don't know what to expect. It's very scary, but like, it's that opening yourself up and like trusting that like, I feel called to do this thing and I, I, I'm doing it. I'm just doing it. <laughs> Here I am. And like trusting that like you are exactly where you're supposed to be. This is what you need right now. Like this is, or maybe, maybe you're going to learn that this isn't what I need and you know, I'm going to try something else, but like trusting that like the experience you need, like that's part of life. It's really cool. Absolutely. I agree. Um, so something that I want to ask because we connected about it in the first place and I thought it was so interesting and you keep saying that like you're very approachable and um, like even even though you are like intuitive and spiritual that you're still like a human and you have like a very like human story and human problems and normal life. Um, but I found it so interesting. You talked a lot um, when we first spoke about your story of growing up on like a, like a small um, rural town and wishing that you were from a city. And we spoke a lot about the desire to fit in. And even just now you talked about um, you know, your aunt uh, being a mystic and the way that that kind of your family's perception of her skewed your perception of like what's acceptable. And I just thought that that was so powerfully connecting of this like desire to fit in and this like wants to be like seen as normal and like everybody else and normal is good. And I just want to be like everybody else and like tone down whatever weirdness that I have. And I think that we just all have that. So I'm really excited to like share that part of your story. I think that that's really what makes you like super approachable and like connecting. And I, I mean, obviously not everybody that meets you would know the whole story, but I, I would be honored for you to share it with our audience here today. Yes, of course. Thank you. Um, so I grew up in a very small town in Colombia, a suburb, and I was there until I was about, I, I mean, actually, I don't really remember, like I was 14, I think, when I moved to the big city. So my family comes from the big city my family lives in the big city like almost my whole family lives in the big city but my dad uh was taking care of a lot of the land that my family had so we lived in the suburb taking care of the land and on a, on a big farm or a country house so i grew up with cows i grew up with horses i grew up like in just a big um in a big um, country house and for me, it was so beautiful because, I mean, I loved it. And my dad, it's, um, he's a agriculture herbalism, herbalism or herbalistic. I don't even know how you say that, but he knows a lot about plants and a lot of growing um, crops and, and all these things. So he's um, like a nature man. But what happened is that every time I would come to the big city to visit my family, that my family, you know, my cousins, you were just all kids and just make fun of me. Oh, you know, you, you that come from the land and you that come from the cows and the chickens and all these things. <laughs> and we make these jokes that I didn't realize that actually made me start questioning my worth and start questioning like, oh, maybe this is a weird thing and it's not an okay thing. And so for me, I always after that kind of relationship, I wanted to be the big, like I wanted to be a big city girl. So when we finally moved to the big city, when I was 14, 15, I kind of to, I wanted, when I started to make new friends, I 
went to a new school, I wanted to kind of forget my past. I wanted to hide where I was coming from. I didn't want anybody to know that I was, that I grew up in a country house. I didn't want anybody to know that, that um, my dad, you know, worked with the land and things like that, because I, I was thinking that they wouldn't, I wouldn't be taken seriously. And I would be this, you know, not about like I wouldn't I wouldn't have a valid opinion that wouldn't think that I was smart enough or that I was intelligent enough uh, that I didn't have a good education back in 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 the sub- suburbs so my whole life and not only then but from there was to cover up this past that I thought was um less that made me less of what I am um so everything that made me normal, I would go, like, I wanted to fit in, I wanted to be normal, you know, again, you know, taking away my psychic abilities, taking away my mysticism, any of that was just out of the table. And I was just wanting to be accepted, I want to fit in, I want to be liked. Um, and I mean, it's still like, there's are energies that I work with energies that I still have to honor. And even just, I, I mean, it was like a year ago that I finally came back to to the place where I grew up. And I was like, so so deeply grateful and actually so proud <laughs> like how awesome that I didn't grow up in a big city you know next to buildings and things like that how awesome that I was able to grow up with nature and to understand the season and to understand nature and animals so but you know my whole life has been trying to fit in and trying to to take that away so now it's it's such a beautiful thing to know that we all have not maybe perhaps you're not trying to hide that you lived that you were born in a small city, but you're, there's something of you that you're trying to hide that you don't want people to know. And that's like your biggest shadow. Like that's the part of you that is like, I wish nobody knew this. But to, for me, coming out of that has been the most empowering thing because I feel like I have nothing to hide anymore. Like I can just, this is it. And this is me and I'm so happy. And that doesn't make me less intelligent. I mean, that doesn't have anything to do with intelligence or anything to do with me being taken seriously. And it has been like a bulk getting out of my shoulders, just like such a relief to be able to show up hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's that like, that like peeling off this mask, this lie that you've been living in and like suddenly like you're exposed and you think it's going to be like so horrible. Like I'm going to like tell people that this is how I grew up and they're going to think I'm such a freak. And like when you told me, I was like, that is so cool. And your dad was like an herbalist and into agriculture and like that's, and, and that's what it always is literally no matter what it is. Like if you tell it to somebody, like when you start sharing your story and when you start opening up about what like your shadows are, if you tell it to somebody who is like an empath at all, or knows how to connect with other humans at all, like generally they can like relate to it. Cause that's like a vulnerable thing that you're sharing with them. And so people like see, like, this is a very relatable thing. Um, and it's just really, it's just really powerful. Um, and even like I I've spoken about this before on a previous episode, but like while I was traveling last year, something that I would share with people was like, oh, well, when I was in therapy or when I was in college and I like had this eating disorder and it used to be something that like, I, I didn't talk about it. I certainly didn't talk about it like while it was happening. And it was, it was like this shameful thing. And everybody that I spoke to was like, oh yeah, I talk to my therapist about that all the time. Or yeah, I definitely like have, you know, a horrible relationship with food and with my body and stuff. And like people find like, it's, I mean, it's like what I said before, like what you were speaking to 
it, it wasn't that I directly had the same experience. It was like, oh, this opened up for me this question about like, what, how are men related to this? So people, we're, we're always like hearing what we want to hear anyway. We're always like listening through our own lens. And so you just sharing any part of your story. We, we see ourselves in that story. We put ourselves in that story. And yeah, I mean, I have so many similar experiences that I'm like, I need to hide this very embarrassing shadow about myself. And in this past year where I've started to really find my roots and like get back to the stories of myself that I've been trying to hide for so long, it's like this 50 pound weight just off my back. Like I've been carrying this very heavy armor to protect myself. And all it was doing was like weighing me down and hold, me holding myself back. And it's so scary to take that off because you are going to be raw and exposed. And it's just like, it's when life starts, like you, you get back to yourself. It is the humanity that makes you human. So it is your story that makes you able to connect and relate and allow people to love you and allow people to see you and hold a space for you. Yeah. And like our imperfectness, like it's absolutely people don't relate to perfect because nobody's perfect. And so when you expose the flaws, it's like, oh, I have that. <laughs> I have that same flaw. I can connect with you on this. And that relation can build upon that. A real relation that can build upon that. And then you can hold a space for each other for that and build up and empower each other. Totally. Um, well, I feel like this was such an, ex just what an awesome experience. I'm so excited that you were able to come on today. Um, I wanna wrap it up here in a moment, but is there anything else that you are feeling called to share with us? Anything else like- What I really feel called to share right now is that human, like as a human, the human experience, like our soul, decides to come to a human experience because the soul knows that it's capable of handling that experience. So human life with all that it is, with all the emotions, with all the challenges, with all the teachings and the lessons that it has, it's not an easy thing. And in, in, in as, as somebody that talks to the universe, meaning, of course, like I said, there is, you know, other coexistent realms within the, the the earth and this the human experience is not an easy experience so first of all I just want to acknowledge us having this human experience and not it not being easy also want to acknowledge though that we are divine beings and that we are more than this human experience and that we decided to come to this human experience because we knew we could handle it. And we knew that there was a lesson to grow from, uh, opportunity to evolve, and an opportunity to expand our consciousness. So with that said, because this is not an easy way to, an easy thing to do, and when I said it's not an easy thing to do, I mean life in general, <laughs> I just want to remind everybody that we are not alone. I mean, in the planet, human, hu like there's so many humans with us in this experience that if we open up, we can connect and relate and find human connection that we need to continue our life. We need each other to continue. And not only we need each other, we also need to remember that we have 
beings that we cannot see, like angels, divine beings, spiritual animals. I mean, there's so many creatures that we can't even, like our imagination doesn't even go to that are helping us in this human experience. So if you ever feel alone and there is not a human person that you can reach out to, reach out to the angels, reach out to your human be to your um, spirit guides. And the way to do that is just simply to sit or to lay down and to call upon an angel, to call upon a light source to remind you love, to remind you that you're supported and just wait for things and for the universe to support you because you are not alone. And like I said, you walk with a, with a divine being, you walk with a guide and also reach out to people, share your story because that is going to empower you, give you more sense of connection to yourself and allow other people to be there and support you. Yes. I love that so much. Um, it's just, it's so hard to see people struggling sometimes with, life because like you said like the the human experience is not easy and just acknowledging everybody for just living every day is so important and we forget to be like okay here I am living another day you know we it's really easy to be down on yourself for the things that you're not doing but like look at you you're doing it and like here we are I I just love this this perspective and this language so much and it's just I I can't wait for in my lifetime for it to be more commonplace and for everybody to use this language. But like we are divine beings. We're more than just our human experience. We came here because we knew we could handle it. Like that was super powerful and really resonates with me because I mean, partly because of the the light healing that I went to last month, where even though it was like really weird and I wasn't sure about it as it was happening, everything since then is like, been related to that and like has like brought me back to that moment so as weird as it was and I was like I don't know if I'm ever gonna do this again it was so powerful and to like to hear that language of like we literally chose to be here and it's just something that I think we don't think about we don't acknowledge it's it's a weird thing to say if it's not the language that you use people are not accustomed to hearing things like that and just that we aren't alone. Like we're, I always say that um, it's like, we're all walking through life, like feeling alone and not looking. And there's like, we're all walking in a line next to each other and we're all looking straight ahead. And we're not just looking over our left and our right shoulder because there are people to either side of us at any given time. And what you're saying is more than that, there are also like our guides and our angels. And that's like so important for those times of loneliness and those times of disconnect and those times of sadness and darkness and and feeling like you don't fit in and feeling like you're not good enough and and feeling just really like wintry and not honoring that like you're not alone you really aren't and and you really have such power and potential and like love and light in you and you you can get to that you can get to those roots but you really have to trust and yeah indeed all right. Awesome. Thank you so, so much, Danielle. This was so much fun. Where can everybody find you? Thank you. This has been, this has been really lovely. Thank you for allowing me to share. Um, you can find me on Instagram by I am Daniela Arango, or you can also find me on my website, Daniela slash Arango.com. Or you can also find me on my podcast in iTunes or Spotify that it's called Mystic podcast. I had a podcast, I have a podcast with another mistake, a friend of mine, a 
soul sister and we talk about all this um mysticism and bridging the gap between being human and a spiritual being at the same time how does that work together so yes I love it. And all of that will be in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for being here and listening. I'm so excited to share this space with you all and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find me on Instagram at Liz without a pillow. If you loved what you listened to or know somebody that would, please share it. Screenshot the episode in the podcast app, share it to your Instagram story and tag me. If you'd like to lend your personal support, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be so grateful. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. See you then.